from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Celebrating Powerhouse Women is proudly presented by CAB Incorporated and Capital City Home Loans. And hello again, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Celebrating Powerhouse Women. This series salutes and recognizes women leaders making an impact in our community. I am your host, Amanda Pierch, and today it is my great pleasure to introduce our enthusiastic guest, Linnea Miller. Good morning, Linnea. Good morning. Um, Linnea is the founder and president of Long Table um, LLC, which is a consultancy, excuse me, consultancy um, agency. Oh, that's, that's any of the above any of the above we'll, di- we'll dive into it and we'll let people decide for themselves right <laughs> um that empowers equips and elevates uh individuals to help them grow um, for their organizations and um their teams and before i continue to slaughter any more key information about your organization <laughs> i'm going to turn it over to you so you can give our listeners a little synopsis of long table Oh, great. Thanks, Amanda. I am so grateful to be here. Thank you for asking me. And thank you for asking me particularly to be on this show where you're celebrating powerhouse women because it's a big passion of mine to also celebrate, elevate, and collaborate, I think, with with particularly with women leaders. I think we just are so fortunate in Gwinnett County to have such a a strong infrastructure of these powerhouse women in our community. And I know that so many of them have added so much value to my life. Um, I know I can just think of their faces and their names are running through my mind right now as I think of um, how any measure of, of the value that I am able to add right now to this community, whether it is professionally through long table um, or in my public role or in any of the other hats or that I tend to wear I really think is I, I give so much credit to um, really to this Gwinnett community in general the men and the women because there have absolutely been some powerhouse men that have also Definitely. been incredibly liberating in my life um, but there, there's so many women and I am so grateful so I'm grateful to you and, and to Gwinnett Business Radio X really for highlighting the stories and the contributions of women and um, I really believe that the work that the women are doing here in Gwinnett are is really making a difference and a ripple effect that's affecting our entire region our state and beyond so absolutely just really really grateful for the show and thank honored you. to be on it so thank you Amanda and I do have to just quickly give a tip our hat to the people who make this a series possible and that's two powerhouse women that we both know well yes. they were probably faces and names running through your head yes Terry Jondal and Tammy Shoemaker yes so they're the supporters of this series and help make this possible absolutely and I love Tammy in particular I got a just one of those uh, maybe a lot of people don't know about Tammy is that she also used to serve in local government wow so I don't know if you knew that I didn't oh good well Tammy yeah was a for is a former mayor and in where um, wow. I think, oh gosh, Tammy, I want to get Tammy, it right. I think it's Lilburn, okay. <laughs> Lilburn, maybe Loganville. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and so that that was, you know, kind of she has that as part of her story and um, how local government and leadership, um, I'm sure that shaped her. That would be, right. Tammy, you got to come back on Powerhouse Women right. to tell she us your on story. She was season one. I'd love to get her <laughs> back on because I, I myself have matured and so the show has developed since. So mm-hmm. I'd love to get her back on in here. Let's do it because I'll, I'll listen in because yeah. I want to hear her. She's she's t- told me just a little bit, but I would love to hear her describe her 
um, I think Journey. that that happened. Yeah, that mm-hmm. happened earlier on in her career, and I would just love to see how that shaped her mm-hmm. as a leader um, in this community and beyond. And her influence is obviously her her stamp is everywhere, everywhere. Um, not only in Gwinnett but beyond that. Oh, and yeah. so appreciate her too. So well, I would be remiss speaking of public service if we didn't share that you um, have been a councilwoman of Swanee since 2014 yes so when I think of Swanee I think of, of you and I actually think of Jessica I can never say her last name Ranch Mackey yes <laughs> because she does everything in Swanee so I li- I asked her just the other day for a coffee recommendation there I do uh, things in Swanee but I don't know it as well as you guys do yeah, yeah, yeah. so you are two faces that stand out to me oh. as being proponents for the community yeah. um, before I get too far off track because I do want to dive into your service and your contributions mm-hmm. I just want to set it up for our listeners do give a little bit of information about what Long Table does yeah. um, and maybe some um, experiences that you've had here within the community. Yeah, for sure. So Long Table started in 2019 and it was really um, a result of continuing and advancing and expanding the the work that I felt like I was able to do in my public role. So a lot of folks kind of start more in that private sector and then that informs their motivations and goals as it relates to transitioning to work in the public sector. For me, it was a little bit of the reverse. It was mm-hmm. a reverse engineering of it because in my public role, um, it is really, really important to me that people in our community believe that they that they um, I I just believe if you're in our community whether you're a visitor business owner or a citizen you belong to us and you have value to add those two things are critically important and so I think that there is so much untapped potential with people that my goal as a as a council member is to try to elevate and pull out and draw out and activate all of that untapped potential in our community and so that people start participating in ways that can be community co-creators mm-hmm. and um, and they start adding value to our community. Well, reverse engineer that to the, the people that live in my community, just like in all communities, also spend most of their time in their places of work, mm-hmm. right? And when I think about what we do, um, I think about our corporate citizens. I think about the businesses in my city that are the best Best, um, what we would call corporate citizens or community, those community co-creators. And they are generally companies that are full of people that are healthy and high performing. And when they are, they're thinking outside of their four walls and they're thinking, how can we make this our city better? Um, but if inside of their four walls, they've got drama, they've got people, a culture that's unhealthy, they've got a lot of um, things that are happening within their organization that are creating stress in that organization, then they're not going to be thinking about their community outside the organization. They're just going to be putting out fires internally. So for me, I'm like, how can we use some of the tools and the strategies that I've used um, in my public role and be able to kind of hone those skills and hone those tools and um, partner with some best practices and strategies to be able to go into these companies to help them be able to elevate, empower, and equip their people to be high performers, but not only be high performers individually, but to be leading high performers within the organization. So breaking down those internal silos, 
um, fostering more of a collaborative spirit within organizations and really being able to get the most out of teams. We, we look at indicators that we know that are tested to, that prove that teams that are high performing and high functioning are, have healthy communication, they have healthy relationships, they have healthy alignment, execution and capacity. So those five goals or those five metrics, we go into organizations, we work with teams, we try to do um, use data and assessments to see how those teams self-present. Um, and then we, we find out where they're doing well and we celebrate those things and see if there are best practices in those areas of competency that they can transfer to some to some of the other areas where they're struggling. Mm-hmm. We also really focus in on those areas of team performance where they are struggling. And then we say, okay, how can we target those things, again, with data-driven solutions to be able to um, to elevate those the, the performance and the results in those key indicators. So for instance, if we are low in communication, what in communication is hurting? Because communication is a whole big bucket, right? It's very broad. So we want to find out exactly what it is. And so um, we use assessments, they're anonymous assessments, so that people self-present and we can find out exactly what's hurting, where the pain points are, and then we use tool strategies to help to incrementally improve those things. Um, I like to give people this this kind of word picture. Um, I, I like to fashion myself as um, as as an orthodontist of sorts <laughs> okay. for companies. Okay, so do tell. Hang hang with me uh-huh. on this one. Okay, so think about it. Nobody like loves you know initially to go to the orthodontist, mm-hmm. but usually you go to the orthodontist because there is misalignment in that in that right. jaw in that mouth. There's something that's that's not as healthy as it could be. And when you go to the orthodontist, they look at what is, and they get really specific about what is, and, and then they yeah. cast the vision for what it could be when it is more aligned and when it is more healthy. And so then they put some structure in place. They say, okay, I'm not going to do for Amanda what, you know, what Amanda's jaw needs is different than what Linnea's jaw needs, mm-hmm. right? But for what Amanda's jaw needs, I'm going to create this customized structure to put on that jaw, right? And Amanda's going to go, no, I don't like that. It hurts. It's painful, right? But that pain is not meant to break or harm. That pain is meant to put structure in place and to allow that jaw to slowly move to a better place of health right and then we let it settle we let it normalize we let it practice getting a little bit healthier and then after another month or two you go back to the orthodontist and what do they do crank crank and it's like a little bit yeah not again you know now you're asking us to change again you're asking us to move again and it's uncomfortable it's uncomfortable sometimes but we're doing it so that again we're going to practice getting closer to that place of normal healthy alignment and we do that over a series of weeks months and sometimes years in order to get that jaw or that organization to a place of better alignment better health and honestly you know the the best pictures every teenager loves that day when those braces come, come off. off yeah right yes nice fresh smile right that fresh smile mm-hmm. and it's beautiful and there's that confidence that you see that empowerment that you see and we also know that you know every orthodontist will tell you 
this picture that we're taking today will not stay this way right. unless you continue to attend to the health of this. Right. Like where your retainer, you have to do the maintenance to retain. Yeah. So the that's the idea is I think if that helps people to have a little bit of a visual of what it takes with our people in our organization to really kind of come into it and find out uniquely where is their pain, where are they sometimes misaligned, where um, where are is there that untapped potential, right? And what is the vision for what they could be, and then how do we take natural next steps to move in that direction? We take those natural next steps. We let it sit. We let it normalize. We let people practice and get really good at it. And then we move again a little mm-hmm. bit, right? And we repeat this process and it's incremental growth. It's incremental improvement. It's so empowering. Mm-hmm. And it is my favorite thing to partner up with organizations and watch their growth um, month over month and year, year over, over year. year. And I'm now, you know, I'm still a relatively new organization with Longtable, but I have been working with clients now, some of them um, in our second year. And just looking at that incremental progress, sometimes it's hard for them to see in the day-to-day because they still have areas right. that are misaligned. Um, but looking at that progress year over year, it, it's just in celebrating that. It's amazing. And these are organizations that if I were to even start naming them, you would see these are organizations that are adding so much value to Gwinnett. Yeah. They are. I have to just say that that is a phenomenal analogy because when you and I were chatting before the show, while I understood all of the things that we were chatting about, it was hard for me to literally visualize until Mm -hmm. you just gave that analogy. Mm -hmm. So that's a wonderful um, establishing piece there for what you guys do and what stood out to me very much so is the incremental growth Mm -hmm. because a lot of people expect you know instantaneous change or something to happen you know we come from a um I think Andy Stanley said it when he said we live in a microwave society mm-hmm. because we expect instant results versus, yep. you know, using an oven, which takes a lot more time. Right. So the incremental growth is key. And sometimes for people, it can be discouraging if right. they don't see instant results. Right. But I think you defined it best in saying that you had to lay down the fundamental groundwork mm-hmm. then you had to apply it mm-hmm. and you had checkpoints, mm-hmm. accountability, mm-hmm. and then someone like yourself that is a coach that kind of helps um, kind of put that into motion where they might not have been able to see the bigger picture. Yeah. And we continue to use the data. So we reassess and we, Uh after every four months or every six months, we're constantly doing those check-ins again. And we watch where those scores go. And we watch what kind of is um, sometimes new things start to present that are areas of concern. But what we always end up seeing is that areas um, that we really spent some time um, making those improvements Mm -hmm. and focusing on. It, it just all of a sudden that stuff becomes second nature and their scores start to slowly improve, which basically it's not so much about the scores. The scores are reflecting what people's input, their reality yeah. is. Because all we're asking is what is your daily reality? What reality are you showing up in? Mm-hmm. And if we can, again, reverse engineer that back to um, your reality is a result of the consequences of behaviors, attitudes, norms Mm -hmm. that have happened within your culture or within your processes or within your organization, um, 
you know, we, we cho- make choices. Mm-hmm. Those choices have consequences. And those right. consequences determine the reality that we show up in every single day. So again, reverse engineering that and trying to figure out where are those things that we ought should be paying attention to mm-hmm. and then assessing where are we from, again, that baseline, but then watching that growth happen incrementally. Incremental growth is, is sustainable growth. Mm-hmm. Incremental growth is transformational growth. Mm-hmm. If um, and that's why I think it's I love reading I love reading I love reading books um, I know we were talking about books and mm-hmm. um, I love going to a great like motivational um, seminar speaker or something like that all of that is really really good I love Andy Stanley he's been my pastor for twenty four years mm-hmm. and 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 um, I use so many of the things that he says that are just so um, just so great yes. um, I would that um, just are sticky, that sticky mm-hmm. language we talk about. Um, but but that being said, unless you have somebody who's walking with you through process, through that incremental stage of, of um, growing and maturity, it, it's really hard to sustain, mm. to sustain real transformational growth. And that's really what I always look for, what I hope mm-hmm. for, what's the most rewarding part of the work that I do, do. is watching people. And you just see people sometimes just really open up Mm -hmm. and they again it's that untapped potential and when people start to get a vision for it and then they start to experience it they can really gas it yeah and And, you see let it yeah yeah, you see things let it bloom it's amazing yeah i remember it it was bothering bothering me excuse me the whole time when we were chatting the name of that book was the tipping point oh yeah yeah. i have talking about the stickiness factor Mm mm-hmm um, for our listeners that might not know you in person, um, you are such a radiant individual. Before I knew about your organization and what they did in depth, I always admired you as a community proponent and just like a beam of light. Mm-hmm. I'll reference your social media and a lot of people are uh, up in the air about social media because you can depict a beautiful and happy life and mm-hmm. then be living one that's, um, you know, altruistic. Sure. But just the smiles on the faces of your family and the things that you do just every day. It is very clear that your passion for what you do here within your business also shines through to you as a person, your family, your community, and your everyday life. Mm. So I think that you are truly doing what you were made um, to to do for others. You're welcome. I want to ask you just from a personal standpoint, kind of tapping into that passion and that positivity and that purpose, um, we wear many hats in this world and you wear several more than than I do or could ever imagine. You're a wife, you're a mother, you're a grandmother, you're an advocate for the community. Kind of going back to the family aspect, mm-hmm. how do you kind of infuse maybe some of these values? Because obviously it, it trickles down from the top. You've right. been doing this successfully in your personal world mm-hmm. and that's how you're able to kind of relay it or integrate it into your professional world. Mm-hmm. Speaking from a family you know, collective, Mm -hmm. how do you lead your family and how do you kind of keep that balance and impede that positivity in, in your personal life? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do. I look at that as, um, we call circles of influence. So it, it has to kind of start with us. It starts with self and we can't give what we don't possess. And so if we are hoping to, um, raise children that, um, are also able to, to live into their potential and their purpose. I mean, it's so easy as parents to to look at your children and see this purpose and potential um, in their lives. And, and as most parents will do anything to help their children realize that purpose and potential, right? But if we aren't doing that work, if that doesn't start in ourselves, then 
then we are not going to be able to give that away, what we do not possess. Um, also, we are always giving away what we do possess for good and for bad. Mm-hmm. And so I really think that when we look at those circles of influence, it starts with self, goes to family, then maybe it goes to your team, and then it goes to your organization and then your community. And so the, if that core is not healthy in you, you're just, there's always going to be a disconnect. And at some point there's going to be a breaking point. It's a dissociation, Mm. almost a dissociative effect. We see that happen a lot when people that show up in a leadership role and they seem so liberating and so empowering. And then you, you kind of dig into it a little bit and, and you find out that their life is like Mm. almost dissociative. Like they have created this huge mess. And, um, and that's not to say that our personal lives are perfect. Mine certainly isn't. Um, but what I have had to learn is that in order to, um, I need to focus on my own personal health in order to be able to give away things to my family and organization and community that are healthy for those outer circles of influence. And so that really looks like shoring up that core. So Mm -hmm. we kind of talked about that a little bit before the show too, of saying, what does it look like to be self-aware, to really understand our tendencies Right. I think for women, it's really important. Sometimes um, it's easy for us to be hard on ourselves and to look at those tendencies or we kind of compare ourselves to others and go, oh, man, she's so good at that. And I'm not good at that. And I must not be. You know, it's easy for us to be self-critical. And it's important for us to understand those areas that are weaknesses for us that can sometimes get in our way or trip us up. Um, But it's almost even more important for us to understand what those things are inside of us that is our magic, Mm. that is our superpowers, that are those things that um, if we don't own it, if we don't know it, if we don't attend to it, then we're going to be accidental with it. Mm. And we will accidentally be doing good work sometimes. (laughs) And we want to be doing things intentionally. Intentionally, right? Rather than accidentally. Right. And so, so we want to be intentional about that, especially, you know, with our children. So as a, as a mom, for instance, I know that um, my children, I have taught them how to be, um, how to be, um, I'm an advocate, and I've taught them how to be advocates for themselves. Um, I've taught them how to um, be empowered in who they are as unique individuals and understanding their contributions and and really living into those contributions. Faith, attending to our faith and our spiritual life is really important. Those um, relationships, that emotional intelligence is another part of that core. Um, So it's not just do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's great. That's a good starting place. Um, Some of us need to just work on that part. But the next step is do unto others in a way that serves them and gets the best out of them and does for them what they need. Mm -hmm. Right. And so marrying that self-awareness, that emotional intelligence with some of the skills that we need. I do those things for my kids, but you know what? I've also had to recognize I'm, I'm not the mom um, who loves to just sit and bake cookies with my kids. But the great news is my mom loves to bake cookies with her grandkids. Nice. So lucky for them, I you know, we don't have to be everything to everyone. Mm-hmm. We have to know um, what, what our magic is and be intentional with that, it. Yeah. And then in those areas um, where we sometimes have gaps, how do we fill those gaps? How do we reach out to partners in our community 
um, in our other members of our family or friends or whatever and really be able to kind of um, fill those gaps in where we see that there are needs um, whether it's in our children again or our teams or our our community so um, our family I think to me as a parent um, my, my husband and I decided a long long time ago back in the day that we wanted to be a team as a family and so we always call ourselves the Miller team. I, I know, mean, I see that. Yeah, I love if, it. If you've ever been on the Miller team uh-huh. Christmas card list, uh-huh. so let me know if you ever want to be at it. Um, every year, it's the Miller team because I do think there's something. I didn't grow up in a family where our family operated like a team. It was, to some extent, a lot of uh, survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone, we had to just survive a lot of things that were really difficult. Um, but I think that teams are stronger than an individual together. And so my husband and I just decided when our children were very young that we wanted to be the Miller team mm-hmm. so that everyone's contribution to mattered. the family mattered mm-hmm. and was important and that we were recognizing the value of that. So I think that sense of teamwork means that um all of my children know that they belong, that they are an essential part of the team. And now with even my daughter-in-law and now my granddaughter or grandsons, uh-huh. my grandchildren. Congratulations. Thank you. Right. You just had an, like, recently, a had recently another grandbaby, right? A fresh yes. brand new one. Oh yes. I have to just tell you really quickly, we were just talking about orthodontics and you have a beautiful set of teeth. <laughs> Thank you. And one thing that always stands out to me is your grandson's smile. He smiles I so know. big in his little chunky cheeks. I just look at him and he's I just like it. all teeth. I so love it. I know. Very happy. Yes. Zane, he's two. And um, and then the brand new one is Judah and he is one month old. Wow. So a two-year-old and a one-month-old. Um, but that being said, I know you kind of talked about that um, that tension we have sometimes with social media is it's mm-hmm. not a we can smile because it's coming from a place of gratitude and it is sincere and we um, are so grateful we love each other we belong to one another but you know we also go through things that are really really difficult right. and um, I have learned uh, one of the things that I've learned in my life as part of my work on self-awareness and is being able to um to live authentically, mm-hmm. to, to not hide, to not pretend, to not try to put on a front of everything is perfect all the time, um, but really be able to say, look, we are all going through things that are painful, but we're showing up in, in those things, contending with those things, and fighting for the highest good of one another in and through those, those painful experiences. Um, that's why, you know, I, I'm an open book, because I think that whether it's something that is the the magical parts, you know, the parts those that are the um, inspiring parts that people can look to, great. I'm happy to share whatever I can um, to encourage other people. But I think what is even more meaningful sometimes is when you share those stories of your pain, mm-hmm. right? Because if we all have it. And, um, and when you're going through that stuff and working through that stuff, I think that that really meets people in a meaningful mm-hmm. way um, where they're at, too. It kind of humanizes, um, not to say that you're dehuman, but people might just see you as this this pillar of positivity and like like mm-hmm. light, like I was saying. Mm-hmm. But it shows that yes, I am an everyday person too. Yeah. I struggle with some of the same things that 
you do as well. And that's kind of a, um, a point that you could come together. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, like you said, meet someone on middle ground. It might not always begin on a positive note. Strife might bring people together sure. and that might create the relationship where sure. growth needs to um, be made. Sure, sure. Um, for those of you that are just joining us, I'm speaking with Linnea Miller. She is the president and founder of Long Table LLC, and she's been giving us all kinds of bits of knowledge about how she leads her organization with fortitude and how she has successfully helped teams grow um, over the years. I do just want to reiterate some things really quickly that you said um, that stand out to me, that you create self-aware and emotionally intelligent individuals. Mm-hmm. That's very powerful right there, and that you equipped and empower and elevate your individuals as well therefore allowing them to trickle that down into their teams and society as well mm-hmm. i want to just talk really quickly about uh what got you to this point and i realize we haven't even jumped jumped in our time machine yet we'll get back to michigan here in just a <laughs> second but you um acquired your giant right yeah giant yes. certification mm-hmm. that's right and i'll let you el- elaborate a little bit about that because that's kind of where you got the groundwork to launch long table so what right. was the giant program like and yeah that so, certification yeah giant is a global company they're mm-hmm. a global technology company and content company and i believe now that and i don't have the most recent numbers but i believe that giant has over 700 people um globally that are licensed and certified in either some or all of um, their different areas of certification and and, and content and services, right? And so I have partnered with Giant. I've known folks really personally from before Giant Worldwide was what it is now. Um, One of the founders is Jeremy Kubitschek, and I've known Jeremy for years. He used to run Giant Impact here in Gwinnett County, Um, and Giant Impact had acquired the assets of John Maxwell, and so they did LeaderCast and Catalyst for those people who are familiar with those big conferences, those big leadership types of events. Mm Chick-fil-A LeaderCast was a part of that as well. And I think where, um, so I've known Jeremy from back in those days mm-hmm. and some of the other folks from Giant, Chris Edgar is another person who's been around for a long time with that organization. We've been uh, personal friends. But I think where the shift happened, that was Giant Impact, where the shift happened was about uh, maybe eight years ago when, uh, you know, they decided that we don't want to be about events. We want to be about transformation. Right. And so um, Jeremy actually partnered up with the other co-founder of Giant Worldwide, Steve Cooper or Steve Cockrum. Mm -hmm. And they actually moved their families to um, Steve lives in London. They moved their families in together to this house for two years. One had the East Wing, one had the West Wing. And their whole families lived together and literally collaborated on taking all of their years of experience in um, in leadership, in coaching, and consulting, and putting together all of these tools. Um, Steve was a world-renowned expert in Myers-Briggs. Oh, yes. um, and out of Myers-Briggs came the Five Voices set of tools. Um, you know, Jeremy had 20 plus years of executive coaching and um, and a variety of tools. So they just put together and they wanted to actually um, be able to export that. Mm-hmm. 
uh, to globally. Mm-hmm. So the idea is how do we empower, equip um, other people to unlock the potential in others so that. that we can have that broader scale of impact. I started seeing some of these tools, particularly that Five Voices Toolkit, I started seeing that um, and how that started adding so much value and elevating the way that my team in the city of Swanee, our staff and our council, our leadership team, the ways that we were able to understand one another, mm-hmm. the ways we were able to start communicating better, the ways we were able to actually start performing better as a team. Five Voices was a huge differentiator for us. We had done all sorts of leadership types of Mm -hmm. trainings and things like that, but there was nothing that was as impactful as when we started really engaging with those tools with five voices. Again, it was a a reverse process for me, watching (laughs) that play out um, in my team in the city of Suwannee. I was like, whoa, like this needs to happen for other cities. This needs to happen for other individuals. This Mm -hmm. needs to happen within teams and organizations. So that's how uh I, yeah, and so um, that's where I started that process of leaning into Giant, of learning, of getting certified, and as they grew as a startup, I was able to kind of come alongside and grow with them. And so even the company itself has has matured and grown a lot over the last couple of years. And and I have matured and grown along with it. And it's an incredible honor for me because there's no way I could do just by myself what um, I am able to do by using the best practices, the resources, and the collaboration and the support of really my colleagues all over the world. Mm-hmm. It is incredible. So when I start working with um, my my friends in, in steel and construction, shout out to Porter Steel. I, I love them. I was about to say, yeah. I, lo- I love my people. At, yeah, I love coal and I love the people at Porter Steel and I've been working with them for 15 months now. Wow. But when I first started working, they were my first construction client and that was not a world that I was, a culture that I was very familiar mm-hmm. with um, in construction. And so really reaching out to some of my colleagues and and folks that do the work that I do, um, I was like, hey, where are my construction folks at? And we have some incredible leaders that are working in that industry Mm -hmm. and able to kind of help me understand that that unique culture and how to speak their language Mm -hmm. was so beneficial. beneficial. Yeah, it served me and it it served them better. So that has happened time and time again. Um, I'll have to come back to that because I'm heavily involved in the AEC and CRE world. Oh, yeah. And uh, I collaborate with a lot of folks in in that arena. So maybe we can have a sidebar about that. Um, You know what? That's funny that you mentioned that because Cole Porter and I serve on the Gwinnett Young Professionals Board together. And he's a very astute young man. Sharp individual. I recognized that four years ago Mm -hmm. when I met him. But I have noticed a transformation in him, for lack of better terms, or to use the millennial jargon, leveling up. Leveling up. Because he's now, (laughs) I think, on the board of the chamber itself as a whole. But I have noticed a a, a shift in in the way that I guess he's moving and shaking out there. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's not a a, a tribute to... um, your influence over the past 15 months. Well, I would not want to suppose that because Cole is a very bright 
bright um, colleague and friend and yes. partner, um, but he is doing the work. Yeah. And that's what I always say leaders go first, mm-hmm. right? You can't give what you don't possess. So again, Cole has been on this process um, of working on his own self-awareness, emotional intelligence and skills intelligence. Um, sometimes like, oh, Linnea, when I talk about the orthodontist, uh-huh. you know, sometimes that crank crank is yeah. like, why are you making me do this? Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable, right? But you know, I just, I applaud him, even the work he has done recently um, around his organizational mm-hmm. values and yeah. mission and the vision, mission, and values of his organization. That, it looks like a pretty piece of paper, but I'm telling you, that took months of real work to put into that and collaboration around that and now it needs to be lived out every single day and that's Mm -hmm. the next step you put it out there now you got to live it out Mm -hmm. and I have every confidence that he and his his team Team. are going to do that together fantastic Linnea before uh, we kind of shift gears here because I could talk to you about this for hours apparently Um, we're going to have a really quick word from the people who support this series our partners Since 1982, CAB Incorporated has been a distinguished leader in manufacturing and global sourcing, serving a variety of industries including infrastructure, hydraulics, automotive, and rail with their precision machined iron and steel products. As a woman-owned company, CAB Incorporated is proud to be a returning partner of the Celebrating Powerhouse Women Series. With strong roots in the past and firm footing in the future, Capital City Home Loans combines an old-fashioned sense of community with a progressive attitude. They are a trusted full-service lender, offering mortgage finance products and empowering their associates to help clients choose the best options. They are focused on being the best and strongest lender in the Southeast. Visit cchl.com locations to see all of their offices, including Gwinnett. All right, and welcome back. For those of you who are just joining us, I am speaking with Linnea Miller, the founder and president of Long Table. And we have been talking now for the first half of the show about all of the um, core values of your organization and how uh, cultures and companies can implement those things. I do just want to speak really quickly before we shift gears into something maybe a little bit more personal and fun. Um, not that this hasn't been fun. Amanda. You know, I haven't had coffee today. That's terrible. <laughs> let's have let's let's bring let's that pink coffee. microphone. Let's like well, let's bring that thing to life. It just says fun right there. I love it. The pink microphone and the pink lipstick. It's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Something that is a very um, big topic in the world today is the DEI DEI everything. Mm-hmm. So for those of you that might not know the acronym, diversity, inclusion, and Equity. Equity. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that that's something that you are trying to kind of take by the horns. Yeah. So I'd like for you to kind of define your approach to that and talk about how you're growing your team and kind of implementing some things that would um, benefit that realm. Yeah. Uh, Well, this is where common language is really important, right? Because there's a lot of times that we hear things like DE&I and and it can can conjure different... uh, triggers in in folks right sometimes we also tend to oversimplify or reduce it um i look at or just a really easy example of of dei is um you know it it, how tall are you amanda five six five six Mm -hmm. okay so i am five three so um you and i have some diversity in height right and if the goal was to touch the ceiling (laughs) <laughs> to see how high, now this is a high ceiling, mm-hmm. see how high we could jump to touch the ceiling. Um, we don't have equity. 
right? You you have an advantage, right. generally, um, with those extra three inches uh-huh. that you possess <laughs> over my little short legs, right? So we, we there's an inequity there. But in order to be con- inclusive, we ought should consider what does that look like to um, to to create. an equal opportunity for us to be successful in the goal, right? Or an equal opportunity for us to bring our value. So whether it's height, whether it's, um, I think one of the antecedents, we kind of reduce it sometimes down to race or culture or um, ethnicity, but it's really so much more. It's it's lived experience. It is, um, sometimes it is our um, um, political or ideological uh, diversities, right? And it is also our leadership styles and our leadership profiles. So how we show up in the world and how we show up in our personalities is incredibly diverse. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you are a future-oriented thinker or a present-oriented thinker, that's different. Whether or not you are more biased toward people and values and um, that or you're more biased toward systems and processes and data and structure like and we all have it Mm -hmm. and we're all different but we all all of that diversity is different and we actually that's where again going back to the five voices the five voices just highlights all of that diversity but in baked into the five voices is some inequity Mm -hmm. meaning that certain voices show up and their voice is um, they show up in more leadership tables their voice is overrepresented their voices are um, maybe more powerful. Maybe their voices are more eloquent in their communication. And then there's other voices that struggle to just be heard. Mm-hmm. There's other voices that struggle that when they do communicate, maybe people misinterpret mm-hmm. their communication for a variety of reasons that have nothing to do with their race or their ethnicity or their cultural background. And so what does it look like to create equity within that system of inclu- so that we can have inclusive environments so that we can be people that are inclusive, not just siloing ourselves and holding ourselves up with people who think and act just like us um, and p- people who think and believe just like us, but that we actually become inclusive people who allow ourselves to be shaped and to be influenced by people who are different right. and that takes those of us who have those louder, stronger voices creating space at the table and creating um, processes and, um, and, and um, strategies around being able to elevate and mine out the other contributions coming from the other voices at the table. So when we look at diversity, equity, and inclusion, we're trying to be inclusive leaders who value and include the contributions of others, the lived experiences of others. We're seeking to be um, learners to understand things that maybe we don't understand because it was not part of our story. We're seeking to respect people like you and I can have a completely different way of solving a problem Mm -hmm. or a completely different position or perspective on something that is equally important to both of us. And I can respect you even if I don't agree with you or even if I don't understand you. And then equity looks like really just saying you have intrinsic value. So because of that, you matter. Yes. And because of that, I can extend empathy even where I don't always have understanding. And so for me, that's our approach is to really, again, kind of 
have leaders who are more inclusive, have cultures who are more inclusive around a model that really brings folks together around facilitated conversations that helps everybody in that same way as the orthodontist Mm -hmm. to be able to just incrementally incrementally grow. But as we grow, we grow as human beings. We grow as people when we start to allow other people to um, have their lived experiences be able to affect us and grow us and expand us. We expand as people. We can all learn from the experiences of others, like you said. Mm -hmm. And you might have lived something that I never will and vice versa. And why wouldn't you want to hear that perspective? Because it can be valuable. That's right. That's right. I, you see me fiercely taking notes. Here. Like, have you? Are you an author? I am. I am not an author. Okay. No. If you ever write a book, you just, <laughs> I will definitely read that. Um, I admire your position on that, and I'd say mm-hmm. that now more than ever, all of those things that you mentioned are extremely important. I wrote down something that uh, stood out to me again. You said. Um, empathy where there is lack of understanding mm-hmm. and it is amazing how far a little bit of empathy will go that's right and that's something that I think that we should all kind of take take note of absolutely absolutely and we all need to be self-aware enough mm-hmm. to recognize that there are, none of us understands everything no and so it's okay to say I want to be a learner mm-hmm that is actually a very um, high position to take, right? And I think you and I are lifelong learners. Yes, Mm -hmm. yeah, and I always respect people who are. You know, people who always say, there's more for me to learn. Mm -hmm. There's more ways for me to grow. It's the people that I think I know everything, I think I've arrived. Those are the people that it's very, very difficult to kind of break through some of that facade Mm -hmm. on people sometimes. Um, shifting gears, you mentioned to me before the show, and I just want to kind of get a little bit of history, that mm-hmm. you're from Michigan. Yeah. You do not have an, a northern accent, though. Well, thank you. When did I, you? Well, I didn't mean that. I don't know. I was going to say. <laughs> um, when did you transition to Georgia? Kind of take us, uh, fill in the blanks as far as coming from Michigan at, at what stage in your life and then coming here to be this transformative influence in our community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm... I grew up in Michigan, born and raised in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I absolutely love Grand Rapids, Michigan. It was very shaping for me. And um, I grew up with with a big family. I'm the oldest with uh, three younger brothers and also just um, 17 cousins and lots of grandchildren. And um, my my grandmother, I'm so, so grateful. She is still a very loving and present um, influence in my life. And she's 94 years old, wow. and she is a great, great grandmother now. So we have five generations, generations in our yeah. family. Um, that being said, you know, growing up in my family, there was a very close relationship with my grandparents and, um, and my cousin and my cousins um, and some of my aunts and uncles. But we just, we had a really a difficult home life growing up and there was um, a lot of trauma Um, there was a lot of struggle in our home life and so I had to grow up at a very young age so I was kind of one of those who never knew that I was a, a little kid I just I never thought of myself as a little kid I just felt like I had to kind of you know be be the one in charge of the household take care of my brothers take care of responsibilities you know do well in school do all the other things you know take care of the home and everything and so I kind of grew up very independent in that way um and so I um I just was always doing 
that was the problem is I was a little bit, my, my way of coping with that was to just do, 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 right? Achieve, achieve, achieve. And um, it seemed to be going pretty well for me um, as, as a strategy, as a coping strategy. I seemed to be even um, experiencing some successes in that. And, um, but then life was happening too. And I wasn't attending to some of the trauma. And I wasn't attending to some of the, um, those influences that were really um, painful, for me, right? And so there was some relational um, pain in there. Um, but through those through those years, I was very fortunate to have always had people that have showed up in my life and saw that potential in me that I, I didn't even see in myself and were able to kind of, in a healthy way, challenge me, both support and challenge me. Mm-hmm. They were like, look, I see this potential. I see this value. I see where you're getting in your own way. And so I really always... Um, leaned into that process I guess maybe it's part of that being that learner that Uh constant learner and um and through that I I said yes to experiences sometimes that were probably unusual for for people my age and um one of those yeses that I said was to I guess to go back to when I was in high school right before my senior year of high school um our school had sent out a survey to say what uh how are we doing with what we've taught you and one of the questions was government and I always loved government I don't know why I just loved I was fascinated by it and I thought you know what I've learned everything about these kings and queens and in, in Europe and and um, I've learned about, you know, all of these events around the world and in the United States mm-hmm. and state and federal government. We've learned nothing about local government. Current, yeah. So I just marched myself over to City Hall and I said, Hey, can I work here over the summer? I just want to learn about local government and because um, I'm a doer like that. And they surprisingly said, sure, yes, come on. Um, And they put me to work. You'll appreciate this. Well, you won't because you're younger. You might not even know what it is. But they put me to work in all the different departments. But the thing that they needed the most was someone to microfiche voter records. Uh So if you know that, do you know what a microfiche is? Where you, it's like a. Literally feed it. Feed it in. And it kind of. Yeah. (laughs) Ask somebody that is, you know, over the age of 40 and they'll tell you what a microfiche is. But anyway. Um. So I did that. All of that, like I said, resulted in, you know, I, I was able to get some scholarships and, and things of that nature. Well, at the same time, I actually met who is now my husband. Aww. So in high school, we started dating right around that same time. And he was in college and I was in high school. And again, both of us were very, very independent. And so um, we fell in love. And we, um, as he was finishing up college, I was getting ready to start. And he was in a situation where he couldn't finish his final year of college. He just didn't have the money. Mm -hmm. And he had taken out all these student loans and everything. And so we had this bright idea um, that if we just get married now, then we are so poor, we would qualify for like government aid, right? And then we could live in married student housing and you could finish school and then I could start school and all of that. Perfect picture. Perfect picture. It seemed so smart. So fun fact, I actually graduated high school in May of 1994 and my husband and I got married in December of 1994. There you go. So I got married um, a couple weeks after I turned 19 years old. And I say it was the best decision I didn't know how to make um, because 27 years later, my husband is my best friend 
um, in the world and just my partner in everything. Hashtag Team Miller. Hashtag, yes. <laughs> Hashtag Miller Team. Um, and so, but that being said, there was a lot of struggle and a lot of pain. And, and we really, really struggled um, in our first couple of years of marriage, particularly financially. Well, there was a job opportunities that brought us to Georgia. Georgia. So, and oh, by the way, um, my college goals got sidetracked because um, I ended up getting pregnant right after I got married. That happens actually after marriage. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and of course, I don't think I really had all of that stuff quite figured out right. yet. Um, and so <laughs> we had we had the first, I, my first one was born at 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And then immediately after that, number two. Mm-hmm. So by the time I was 22 years old, I had a two-year-old and we had a five-month-old, which wow. was making it really difficult for me to figure to out continue, how to go back yeah, to school. And um, and at that time, there was some opportunity that happened in Georgia, mm-hmm. in Gwinnett, as a matter of fact. And so we moved, and this was in 1998, we moved to Gwinnett with our two-year-old and our uh, five-month-old mm-hmm. at the time. And as we were looking for homes, um, we were looking in what is now Johns Creek, mm-hmm. um, you know, Duluth, yeah. Norcross, Peachtree Corner, you know, all that area, Alpharetta. And we were young and we didn't have any money. And we and somebody said, you should move out to Swanee. And I was like, what is a Swanee? Right. Right. <laughs> like, what is that? I don't know. And um, and and so we found this neighborhood out in Swanee. And that is where we put down roots. Mm-hmm. And we thought it would just be a short term kind of job relocation mm-hmm. thing. And now 20, how many years later since 1998? How many years is that? Twenty-four yeah. years, yeah. something like that. Um, still in Swanee. Still in Swanee, mm-hmm. and, and we have thriving. been able to grow mm-hmm. up and with the community, which is why any service that I do for the community is really a place of giving back. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, kind of going back to part of that personal story is, I also had a lot of health issues and health problems and we had three kids in the first five years of our marriage and had just a ton of I I ended up having uh, 10 surgeries after that Um, many were very life and death situations and so all of my 20s was really consumed with a lot of that and um, and and yet um, through that God had really placed on my heart this longing to adopt Mm -hmm. And so um, we um, adopted. We ended up adopting our our daughter Bella. She's our she's our youngest, um, and that was just a whole nother shaping situation in our in our life. What was also happening in those years for me is I talk about not really having done the work of the healing that I needed to do. I was just doing doing doing. Mm-hmm. Well that the, the illnesses and all the little children forced me to have to address it yeah to have to stop to have to stay home to have to you know to have to um, do the work that that I needed to do that I didn't know I needed to do to heal and a lot of that work was spiritual for me um, North Point um, mm-hmm. in my community there played a big big part of that some of that work had to do with counseling mm-hmm. um, some of that work had to do with just learning and reading and growing and practicing and volunteering was always a big thing for yes. me, contributing. And so we always did that with our kids and everything. And um, so, you know, that led us to um, to really contributing more in our community, the volunteering. And then when we adopted our daughter. Um, How old is Bella? Bella's 16 nice. now. So we adopted our daughter. 
Um, and that led us to also another journey of being able to partner up with somebody in, in your family that has also um, started out with some things that she didn't ask for, mm-hmm. right? Um, but some things that have, be- that have been challenges for her her whole life. Mm-hmm. And how do you show up as a team and fight for the highest good of every single person in your team? Yes. And it's the day-to-day being in the arena with mm-hmm. that, right? And so... Um, I have now been able to um, allow my life to be shaped by um, not only my experiences growing up in um, in as a product of, of, of trauma and domestic violence and a lot of things that happened in my life, but then the healing process of that. And then now it has prepared me to be to able to step her. into places, yeah, with my daughter mm-hmm. where um, she's, you know, struggling with some mental health issues and, and, and some things where she needs healing. Mm-hmm. And so it is that cycle. I think it's that evolution as people of saying, um, how do we continue to do our work to to um, to heal in those places where we have had pain mm-hmm. in our lives and then use that healing to help be healers of others. others. And so that's really just been my personal story, um, my family story, and I think the byproducts of that do ripple out sometimes to um, my community. You said something, and you mentioned that you're um, an Andy Stanley, Andy Stanley mm-hmm. follower as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you've heard the series "Address the Mess." Yes. And when you <laughs> said that, that's that's something that came to my mind mm-hmm. about having to kind of work through those inner um, battles in order to give your best foot to your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I applaud you for all of the success that you've had leading the Miller team. Team Miller. Am I saying it backwards? <laughs> the Miller team. The Miller team, which you and I chatted before the show. That is what she likes to call her family because they are all a team. And they couldn't do it without each other. Um, Something that is important, not only as a mother and not only as a member of the community, you mentioned volunteerism and mentorship. Mm. Before the show, you said that there are millions of of ladies and and gentlemen who are Mm. running through your head. Off the top of your head, maybe give us a quick shout out or example of some influential people in your world. Okay. Um, well, the first one I want to shout out is actually somebody who is a, is a man, not oh, a woman. That's okay. Um, but a very uh, a man who has really empowered and liberated a lot of women, and that and I and that is Mayor Jimmy Burnett. Um, I am just so grateful for his influence in my life. I think that um, he was somebody that I really didn't know before I joined the city council um, in the city of Swanee. But anybody who knows Jimmy Burnett knows that he is um, really what I I like to think of as the um, epitome of somebody who has who has influence, who people choose to follow, mm-hmm. even if they don't have to. And he is secure, and he is confident, and he is humble, and he um, he would never f- quite fashion himself as a leader. As a matter of fact, he would much rather be somebody who is creating a leadership opportunity for you mm-hmm. than for him to be on stage as, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but he just has so much, he has vision. Um, he's a very future-oriented thinker, but he has allowed himself to be so shaped um, by his place, which is really, really important. And um, and so he's very authentic and true to his, to who he is, to his place, and yet he's always able to push us to move forward. Um, both, I think, he doesn't even realize how much he's doing it. He's inspiring people to push 
push themselves to give their more, limits yeah. and, and to give more. Um, and he does it for himself, mm-hmm. um, but he always does it for the greater good. It's never about him. It's always about how do I do something for um, others? Yes, mm-hmm. do for one what you wish you could do for all, and and I think that he really models that really well. So he has been somebody who's been just a real liberating leader um, in my life. I think of. You know, I guess if I were to stick with the Swanee thing, Denise Brinson, mm-hmm. I mean, talk about powerhouse woman. If she has not been on here, she needs to be. Um, an introduction. And there you go. She is our assistant city manager, and she is somebody I've known for many, 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 many years. And she she is a who says you can't person. I mean, and she will straight up tell you, are you know, are you scared? Mm. Why? You need to step into this. Like she is just, she is a, she is a, a pioneer, but in such a healthy way, she is always going to be thinking of how we can um, get the most out of people in the best kind of ways, right. you know, and her strength is something that's contagious, you know. Um, I, I also think of people just in my personal life. Like I, I mentioned my grandmother. Mm-hmm. My grandmother didn't lead a company or an organization, but you know what? She survived World War II yes. living in the Netherlands and her house was bombed by the Nazis and oh like goodness. her whole story and her whole journey, it shaped her. It gave her this calm confidence where nothing rattles her she is secure confident and humble Mm -hmm. she is somebody who is prayerful she is somebody who asks good questions Mm -hmm. she is somebody who sees beyond the noise and into the to the real uh the reason behind andy stanley again Mm -hmm. we're giving him all these shouts out (laughs) man um but he talks about these um paper walls right Mm -hmm. she's which are excuses Mm -hmm. she sees past the excuses it's almost like those aren't they're just noise for Mm -hmm. her and she pokes right through to the cause pat through the b causes to the cause Mm -hmm. and she is just so good at doing that and um and creating space um for authentic connection Mm -hmm. And belonging with her so there's personal people in my life there's there's people on the city side there's professional people um, I think of some of my amazing friends who are so inspiring um, Kim Hartsock is one yes. I got to give a huge shout out mm-hmm. to because she is again she's a dear dear friend of mine and you know we share painful things mm-hmm. in life um, and we share moments of celebration in life again personally and professionally mm-hmm. and we support one another and you know if, if I if I need a different perspective on something if I need a different way of thinking about something I know I can go to her and she's gonna give me something that is so valuable in in just her perspective and her approach and how she might consider solving a problem that I'm facing right, right? so that generosity and being able to share with other people even just our perspectives and um, our approaches and doing that like Kim is amazing she's done that for so many people so I'm grateful for her in my life and I could just go on and on do you by chance know through the chairman's club or the chamber do you know Randy Brunson I do not he owns Centurion Advisory Group I'll happily introduce you he is a dear friend and mentor of mine and the things that you were just saying uh, sound a lot like his mission statement that um, it just resonates with me and that's be generous with your time Mm -hmm. treasures and talents Mm -hmm. and it sounds a lot like what the relationship Mm -hmm. that you and Kim have you're able to be generous with your time treasures and talents like that I think it's so important as women and please chime in to have uh, many ladies have said find your tribe Mm -hmm. um, to have resources not only professionally but 
that are also personal. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned your relationship with Kim. I think it's so paramount to have a resource or a soundboard Mm -hmm. that you can come to that knows all facets. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can lean on them professionally or you can lean on them personally and still have that closeness. Mm -hmm. Because I have people in different, both sets of pockets, but the people that serve that, that integrated, you know, peace are few and far between. Yeah, yeah. So finding your tribe is very important. I think so. And and we can't be that to everyone, mm-hmm. right? So, um, you know, if, if you're, if you know me, you know that I, I would just absolutely love to be not everybody's best friend, but I would love, like, I love people, right? I love, um, but I have had to learn to um, really narrow it down sometimes that I can still add value and have touch points and and connections and hopefully make meaningful contributions in these wider spheres, Mm -hmm. but in those smaller spheres of people where we can really kind of you know, again, share those types of things that help to grow us to support and challenge one another. That circle has to be smaller. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I, you know, I'm just very, very grateful for mostly in that circle for me mostly it is women mm-hmm. and um and in different different categories but but women and I just feel so again I, I'm not I wouldn't be who I am without today without yeah. without those that influence because sometimes it does look like support mm-hmm. sometimes it looks like celebration and sometimes it looks like challenge yeah. it's like whoa I think you're kind of missing that missing mm-hmm. the mark on that one you know and you're like what but you know it's coming from a place of somebody of who, who is for you yeah. mm-hmm you know, after you sharing the story about your grandmother, um, I see a lot of what you shared about her in you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that relationship and that specialness that you guys shared, um, even if it wasn't uh, on your radar, is mm-hmm. shining through you. Thank you. Her example shines through you. As far as leadership is concerned, you know, you lead your organization, you lead your family. What would you say are three uh, important key factors to uh, a successful leader? Mm. Well, you know, kind of going back to those words, secure, confident, and humble, but then how do you do that? And we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier in the show, but, uh, you know, when it gets down to the nitty gritty of, well, how do I know where to start, right? Um, I think it's really important to build up a healthy core. And um, I know that you're, aren't you an Orange Theory? Yes. You love Orange Theory, right? Uh Um, So again, you appreciate the fact that you don't, I mean, wouldn't it be lovely if you went to one Orange Theory class and then um, you just came out and you were just, your muscles were just popping, right? Uh Like, I mean, it feels like that sometimes, right? But then you're like, ah, Um, no, it's, you got to go back. Mm -hmm. That's (laughs) that incremental growth. It's incremental growth, Uh right? Um, and but if you don't know where to start and, and Orange Theory even does that trifecta, mm-hmm. right, of they're doing the cardio, they're doing the power yep. and they're doing the, the resist, uh, the strength, uh, power and endurance. There you go. Strength, power and endurance. And I would say, again, going back to self-awareness, emotional intelligence and then communication intelligence. I think that's a core. Mm-hmm. And then how you work on those, you have to have strategy around it and you have to be able to be consistent in it and it has to be digestible Mm -hmm. so we're not going to just overnight you know become an olympic athlete right like just because we were like oh you know what i'm gonna meet now i'm a you know whatever yeah Mm -hmm. like it it just doesn't happen that way Mm -hmm. but as we kind of start to tackle and normalize those different components of those things we do become stronger 
and our muscles become more um, limber, more limber, and mm-hmm. we get muscle memory yes. on things, right? So things that before were awkward for us to do, like maybe it wasn't natural for us to think about how maybe we're the kind of person that we we think about what we want to get done, and we're just kind of we're laser focused on the goal, and we're not really thinking necessarily about how our approach might affect other people because right. our focus is straight on that goal. Um, so it's unnatural for us to slow down enough to kind of consider mm-hmm. what is happening with other people. It just means we're not going to be good at it at first. We're gonna, it's going to be awkward. It's, we're going to stumble around. It's going to feel unnatural. But for us to kind of grow those muscles intentionally is really about us growing our influence mm-hmm. with other people too. I like that. Um, and so we have to know ourselves in order to lead ourselves. We have to understand what our tendencies are, where those tendencies lead to desired outcomes Mm -hmm. for us and desired realities, and where our tendencies tend to, again, undermine our opportunities or undermine our ability to influence people in the way that is meaningful for Mm -hmm. them, in a way that I would say people would choose to follow us, not just have to follow us. Um, Authoritative influence is the easy kind. Mm -hmm. It, it is really the kind of influence where people, um, they, they want, the, like I was describing for Mayor Burnett, where people want to follow you even if they didn't have to. Mm-hmm. That is, that's the hard work, but I think that's kind of the, the thing that we really truly all want yes. as people is for people to, um, to choose to want to follow us because we have that kind of influence where they believe that we are fighting for their highest good. They believe that by their, them being in our sphere of influence, that they are better. Yeah. They are a better version of themselves. Just like I feel like a better version of myself when I'm with Kim, Mm -hmm. right? Um, that that she is a leader I would want to follow. I don't have to follow her. Mm -mm. I want to, to. because I'm better because when I'm with her, Mm -hmm. because I believe she makes me better. And I think that is the kind of influence that we can aspire to have when we build up that healthy core. I agree 100%. You've shared so many wonderful pockets of knowledge and so many things that I can't wait to learn more about. But as our time has quickly passed together, I can't believe it it has gone so fast. I wanted to ask you just a couple of fun personal things really quickly. I know that you um, enjoy being out in the community and that you like to garden. I hear. I do. And that you could be found found at the local farmer's market even. (laughs) Share some just uh, Everybody should be found at the local farmer's market, especially if you're the one in Swanee. In Swanee. And then we have (laughs) Swanee. Is it the wine fest or the beer fest that's coming up? Beer Fest is coming up in March, and Wine Fest is, I think, in the fall. It's in yeah. November, but yeah. So lots of fun things. Lots give, of fun give things. Give some examples of things that you enjoy doing with your family or just personally yeah. um, in the community. Well, I do. I love gardening. Um, I don't have as much time to do it as I used to, but um, my form of gardening is usually um, around, like, flowers and gardens and things mm-hmm. like that. So I love, I love design, too. Mm-hmm. So interior, exterior design, I mean – you know, Joy Mitchell is like yes. my muse because I I wish, you know, I mean, I don't have her talent, uh-huh. but I absolutely love creating okay. spaces that, um, and that's actually a really uh, important part even of, of the work that I do publicly is really how do we create places mm-hmm. where people, there's so much inclusion that can happen when we facilitate it through spaces. Mm-hmm. So whether it's in your own personal backyard, are you creating places where community can gather, a meaningful connection can happen, or is it in your living room, or is it 
in your city? Is it in your office? You know, I just love, that's just fun Mm -hmm. stuff for me. And I love doing that. So that's kind of that creative outlet that I have. Um, I just love getting together with a group of girlfriends Mm -hmm. and um, maybe appetizers, appetizers, a little happy hour. Mm -hmm. That is so fun for me. Um, I love traveling, which has been a new thing for me. In my younger years, I really just didn't have the time or the budget or anything like that. And kind of this world of traveling has been able to be opened up to me a little bit more in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely love, love it. exploring. Yeah. I love it. And I love story and I uh-huh. love people. And um, so I do love story. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that I love to do. I love to just hear people's a story. good story, yeah. hear people's story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, those are some fun, they sound some fun ways fun. to spend time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, really quickly, if anybody wanted to learn about Longtable, and I wanted to say, because you were talking about creating places, mm-hmm. you create you create a place for people at the long table at the long table yeah tell me really quickly how you came up with that name I'm just so curious so there's a quote it says um, when you have more than you need build a longer table not a higher fence Mm. and so when I look at um, at it as a stewardship thing when we are given a seat at any table of influence and that table could be formal or informal. You're, you are given a seat of influence at the table. If you are a parent, you have a seat of influence at, at your kitchen table, right? Um, if you are a, a, a leader of people, you have a seat at that table, and you, it is your responsibility to steward those people. If you are a leader of a community in the same way, right? So with um, to whom much is given, much is required is the mm-hmm. way I look at that. Build a longer table, not a higher fence. It's our tendency many times to get isolated, have isolated tables or siloed tables um, or short tables where we are just, um, you know, only the people in the room, the power people in the room, the executive levels in the room. My goal is to extend that table. My goal is to say, look, I think that from a stewardship principle, we should pay attention, number one, to the people who are at our tables. And are we really, really um, getting the most out of them? Are we right. really appreciating the value and the contribution that they can bring? And start there. And then once we start doing that, let's continue to ask ourselves who also should be here. So who who is maybe not being developed that needs to be developed, right? Who is somebody that needs to be called up? I know that I wouldn't be doing at all what I'm doing mm-hmm. if, if I hadn't been called up multiple times from people. Um, who needs to be given a chance, mm-hmm. right? Who needs to be represented? Who is not represented? Um, how are we going about doing that work? Um, again, with that, we'll use that word intentional again. So long table to me is a, it's, it's active. Mm-hmm. It, it's never done. And it's always about bringing that. And that tables are places of equity, right? Mm-hmm. They're ta- places of belonging. It's where we share share meals. It's yeah. where we share fellowship. fellowship. It's where we share, you know. So that's where Long Table came from. Mm-hmm. And I just hope that if Long Table can accomplish any work um, in and, and make a difference in the world, it's that more people feel that their contributions and their value matters. matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I love that. And where can people find your organization online or get in touch with you? Well, you can go to Mm -hmm. longtableconsulting.com and you can see a variety of the different programs and services. Um, I do, you know, executive coaching. I do training. I do um, some of that, you know, team and organizational development. We do organizational clarity. Mm -hmm. Um, We do just a a whole host of different things that you can check out on our website. Um, I also am on social media. Um, I need to take some lessons from you or from Mike on LinkedIn because I mean I I'm not very good at it sorry but I I, I will touch points there Mm -hmm. I do have LinkedIn um so I'm sorry I'm just not super consistent with it but um I have Instagram and I have Facebook I have um Instagram is personal for Mm me um and that is Miller team and then Facebook I kind of I actually have three Facebook accounts Mm -hmm. I have my personal one Mm -hmm. Linnea Miller I've got Linnea Miller for Swanee Mm -hmm. and then I have my long long table um for that too for social media and then of course anybody who ever wants to reach out to me can text me or mm-hmm. reach out to me um i mean I, i'm happy to share my yes. my cell number like whatever you um, like this will live on on itunes forever <laughs> hey look it's <laughs> um I, yeah i have nothing to hide you know text me call me um so yeah so my number is 678 678- Five nine two four one five zero. And seriously, um, text me, call me, and you know this from <laughs> yes. personal experience, yep. Amanda. Sometimes it takes you know texting me once, and I'm like, yes. And then, hey, by the really way, really busy. Check yeah, back I in. Understand. <laughs> and then I'm sure um, people can find you not only at networking events, uh, community events, but yeah. also at Swanee events. That's right. They can yeah. find me at Swanee events. Um, I am at. Uh, just a really proud member of the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. I'm on the board for the chamber. I'm in the chairman's club. Mm-hmm. Um, I just um, am actually helping to do some work with their team Very nice. in order to help their team, uh, mm-hmm. you know, be people because they're people of influence, best be the best, yeah. put their best foot forward. So um, proud to be involved with that, with Artworks Gwinnett, mm-hmm. another amazing board that I have Sir, the privilege yeah. of serving on. And um, even just work um, for those who are beyond Gwinnett, but maybe in Georgia and beyond. I have the great um, honor of serving as chair of the Legislative Policy Committee for the Georgia Municipal Association, as well as serving on their board. So the goal is, again, to advocate for cities all over, all all 537 Mm -hmm. cities in the state of Georgia. And um, I really have a heart and passion for supporting cities and helping cities to to thrive. In service. Um, in service, yeah. So I wanted to give a quick plug earlier because you mentioned Joy's creativity and Joy Mitchell has yeah. been featured before as a powerhouse woman. Yep. I have partnered with her, as I shared with you before the show, I became a studio partner with Business Radio X, uh-huh. and now I lead the charge in Forsyth County. Congratulations. Thank you. And she and her team are actually doing the configuration for my studio. Oh, fantastic. So on Monday, they will be at 7 o'clock there with the trucks and I can't wait to share the transformative space that they have created because it'll be reflective of my personality the culture that I'm trying to build and then I'll be able to serve others through a catalyst very much like the one that we're in right now creating a space that fosters connection and I love that. Yes, and, and she I was so sweet to, to partner with us. And then just to continue to plug, you were talking about being kind of uh, tapped on the shoulder about others recognizing talents within you that you might not have known were there at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they would have manifested. I do believe that the good Lord put you in this place for a reason. There's no way they would have mm-hmm. been hidden forever. But you kind of made mention of some key people in your life that helped mm-hmm. you recognize those things. Mm-hmm. And as a personal testimony of my growth 
through this platform over the past four years, there have been some key people that have been that for me. Mm-hmm. And one of them is Terry Jondal. She supports mm-hmm. me personally and professionally from afar because she's not, she doesn't have too much time to spend one-on-one, but just her belief and her um, desire to help me grow through putting me in this position to uh, interview women like yourself has been a tremendous asset to me. And then I'd be remiss if I didn't say um, my mentor and coach, Mike Salmond as well, Mm -hmm. who kind of saw the talent as a broadcaster within me five years ago. I'd never been on a microphone except emceeing at a chamber event. And now look, <laughs> look at us now with this established yeah. presence. And That's we right. do have uh, Connor Samant in studio today, who is our sound engineer, because Mike is in Beijing. Right. He is uh, broadcasting for the Olympics. And we learned that Connor graduated high school with, with my son, son Wesley. Yes. <laughs> it's such a small world. And I love our community. And you did say um, all the great things through our chamber. You and I are, are active participants. Yeah. And they provide a wonderful and robust array of programs for people to participate in. If you guys that are listening want to learn more about the Chamber of Commerce or you've not been a participant, we both highly encourage you to do so. You'll see Linnea and I at events there as well. Yeah. Let's also give a shout out real quick while we're doing this. Let's do it. Let's give a shout out real quick to Leadership Gwinnett because... The, talk about another group of um, just really liberating leaders and people who really show up um, both to learn um, and then to collaborate and then to make a difference and make impact in the community. Leadership Gwinnett is incredible. I know right now, if you are looking for an opportunity to grow, I would tell people in their own leadership um, you know, consider um, that I think they're accepting applications Mm -hmm. right now for the program for next year for the class of 2023. So do that. If you are one of my one of the many hundreds of alumni like I am Mm -hmm. with Leadership Gwinnett and you see potential in somebody, use this as an opportunity to call them up, nominate them them to be a part of the Leadership Gwinnett program or the Glance Gwinnett program. Because honestly, again, that is how you draw the potential Mm -hmm. out of people is by giving them opportunities to be involved and then when people are involved in something and they see that that taps into something Mm -hmm. that they can add value to it just makes them come alive so so I would just give a shout out to them too and I love how um, all the classes seem to like become besties and you know like everybody's like all about yeah have them class 2019 or whatever you know kind of like like rivalry but not 2016 best class (laughs) just like that and you form such a great um, you know cohesion with the people that you graduate with So yes, another testament to um, some of the programs available. Linnea, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with our listeners. And thank you so much for joining me today in studio. I look forward to continuing our conversations and and possibly opening up a friendship between you and I in the future. Um, For those of you listening who would like to catch up on episodes uh, from the past, you can find all of our archived episodes on businessradiox.com. Just select the Gwinnett Studio. We are all over any podcasting application that you listen. I listen on iTunes. Linnea, where do you listen? podcasts um i listen also on itunes, on iTunes. yeah yes. there and here recently i've been on spotify because i'm tired of paying apple all of my money so i listen on on spotify as well and you guys please connect with us on social media you can find me on linkedin and i am amanda pierch p-e-a-r-c-h and this has been celebrating powerhouse women on business radio x <laughs> <laughs>